I am holding gold in my hand. Uh, this is uh, now worth a lot of money. Uh, if you guys have been on social media or seen the news, apparently egg prices have gone up, uh, like many things in our society. So this is now worth, I'm selling this after service uh, for $85 and so, uh, per egg, actually. Uh, but hey, uh, as I've been seeing social media blow up, I had a buddy of mine. Uh, he's a Marine, and, uh, and so whenever he's like, I need somebody, like a manly man, to come over and help me, uh, he always calls me. And uh, that's not really how the story goes, but I have the mic, so I'm telling it. And uh, until so the one time, he was like needing a hand, and so he's like, who's the manliest person I know? And he gave me a call, and I went over and helped him build uh, this chicken coop. And, uh, and so that's kind of the running joke, because I like didn't really do anything. I was just there, like, whatever. But anyways, uh, I helped him build the chicken coop, and so now, every now and again, he will bring eggs over to my house. In fact, he gave me some yesterday. I was like, thank you so much, because this is now worth a lot of money. <laughs> thank you so so, so much. And uh, I bought these eggs to talk about it now. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But uh, you, guys, you guys really have seen that like egg prices have gone up. Like fruit has gone up. Like prices are going up and up and up. And as I was thinking about this, and even just kind of like joking on my buddy there, uh, things, if you look back at the, in like the 50s and stuff, if you were to Google right now, like the comparables and the prices, you would see everything has gone up. Eggs just like a year ago cost $2. Now they're costing seven or $8. But decades ago, it was like pennies on the dollar. And so it doesn't take much for us to understand that it's a lot harder right now to stretch the almighty dollar. And, and, it, and, and when we talk about today, today we're going to be talking about like producing fruit, what gets produced out of us as, as Christians. I think the same thing is in play. It's a lot harder to be a Christian in 2023 than it was in 1950. I wasn't there, but, but we, do, we do see that in God's word, don't we? That, that it's going to get incre- the days are going to get increasingly evil until Christ comes back. And so by nature, it's going to be harder and harder to be a Christian as we get closer and closer and closer to those end times days. And so we shouldn't be disillusioned by that. One of the reasons we have a Monday night experience, one of the reasons that we had a a Sunday night pizza church experience back in the days is, is, man, it's hard to to have a family in today's world if you want to have sports or do other things because what used to be God's holy day in culture, even like in the 50s, Sundays, you didn't do anything. You couldn't even shop on a Sunday. Now it's just another day of the week. And so that's why we have an experience like this, because it's harder and harder to be a Christian in 2023. But just because it is harder, should we be disillusioned by harder? As Christians, if we embrace harder, you know what happens? Our communities get stronger. If we don't embrace harder, our communities will get weaker. And, and here is the kicker. Harder reminds us that we have free will. I was just thinking about that this week and kind of leading up to this, this, you know, this sermon, if you will, that, that kind of connected with me. That when we became a Christian, free will stayed intact. Like you before Jesus had free will and your free will and your brokenness painted the, painted the picture and the need for Jesus to die on the cross for you. And it's not as if when you said yes to a relationship with Jesus, that he all of a sudden was like, okay, great. Now you're my robot, my puppet, do whatever I want you to do. You said yes to a relationship with Jesus. You become a child of God and you know what remains? Your free will. 
And so what happens as you use your free will when life gets hard communicates what you think about your relationship with Jesus. And so we're going to look at this today, but before we get into Galatians chapter 5, let me pray. God, I thank you so much for this time. Lord, I thank you for volunteers that came in early and uh, the Lord's chicken, as they say. And um, Father, I, I thank you for time together to be family on a Monday night. And Father, as we're here, Father, as as we have a closing worship song, Lord, I do even pray that there might be somebody walking down the street that wanders in here, that they think they're wandering in. <laughs> but Father, you have a reason and a plan. And Father, would you speak to us today, uh, tonight, as we walk through your word? In your name, amen. So we're gonna be in Galatians chapter five. You can Google uh, Galatians five. Oh man, that's lame. Uh, Galatians five, uh, ESV, uh, and that will pop up or it'll be on the screen and in the app. Uh, here, Paul is writing, Paul, the Apostle Paul, that guy that was uh, going after the church, locking people up that were Christians, and, uh, and then God knocked him off his donkey, became a Christian. And uh, so he writes this about freedom. How do we use our freedom? He says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. He's talking to Christians. But do only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love, love, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. You and I have freedom. You and I are free indeed, free in Christ. You and I, have, we can choose right or wrong. We can go as Christians, different directions. We can run to the Father or we can run away from the Father. Now, as we're talking about freedom, as we're talking about doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing, here's one thing I want to clarify. With my son sitting in the front row, here's what I'm trying to train my own kids. I am not trying, my A number one goal is not to teach them right and wrong. My number one goal is to teach them to be wise as Christ defines wisdom. Because right and wrong flows out of that. Because you can be technically right and still a dummy in how you pursue your wisdom, right? And how you pursue those next steps. Now, let me, let me, let me illustrate it like this. You right now have the right to go down to 7-Eleven and buy $10,000 worth of lottery tickets. You have that right. But it wouldn't be wise. I have the right. It is my freedom, and I am an American. I have free speech. So I have the right to not exercise free speech with my wife and never talk to her again. But it wouldn't be wise. <laughs> so I, as we pursue our freedom, what we're trying to do is pursue what is the wise step. As God says, what would a wise person in Christ Jesus do? What does a wise person do within the community? Huddle up, the getting together, being together. A wise person in Jesus will love one another. Use your freedom to love yourself and only think about yourself. Well, you can do that. You have the right to do that. You, you can use your freedom to do that, but you have to be okay with the consequences because God calls that immature and sinful. You can, you can, you can love, you can fight other people, you can bite, uh, bite and devour. You can use your freedom for what the Bible calls the flesh. What Paul is saying is like our sinful nature. You can do that, but the end result is no one wins and everybody is consumed. 
You could also choose to serve one another in love, and therefore everybody will win. You have been freed in Christ Jesus from the condemnation of sin. You don't have hell hanging over your head. You don't have to fear the wrath of God. You are free. You can walk around free without, that, without those shackles. And so what happens from there is here's your purpose. Walk around grateful. I don't, I don't love you. We don't put on Monday nights because we have to. We put on Monday nights and I get to love you because I've been first loved. Because I'm so in love with Jesus that I, it, is my, it is my joy and it is my pleasure to love other people. It, is, it, it flows out of a place of gratitude. That is why we choose to love. And so here's our big thought is that the truly free, truly love. If you are in this room and you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you get that, if you believe that, then you are free and free indeed. And here's what you do next. You go and you truly love people. And so what Paul does in these next few verses is he gives us three things to think about as we freely love others. The truly free think about the antithesis. Paul goes on, he says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. They are opposites. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And uh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing these things that you want to do. Can anybody attest to that? That you want to do X and you know you shouldn't? <laughs> and so you're like, should I do it? Can anybody attest to like knowing what they shouldn't do and like gravitating towards that thing? There's this battle going on. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what is the way forward? It's, it's walking in step with the Spirit. It's not going after the flesh. It's, it's, not, it's not going after what is opposed to the Spirit of God. Paul, Paul puts it like this. Don't give your flesh opportunity. Don't, don't give your flesh even the ability that you're, another place says, to flee from evil. That would be, if I'm going to give my flesh an opportunity to awaken inside of me, then I'm abusing the freedom that I have in Christ Jesus. The fact that God has shown us grace is never an excuse to sin. But again, when Christ died for you and I, he left us with free will. And there's this battle going on inside of us, this battle of, of this old us still wanting to, to live out in the new us. And, and, and we, we're like, man, like, how do I do Like The Holy Spirit wants to have control of your life. And that is the issue. The issue is that for all of us in this, this antithesis, flesh versus the spirit is like, who's going to have control? And so where control is the, is the issue, surrender is the solution. Because battling in all of us as Christians are, are two enemies, two opponents, two combatants fighting for control of our lives. And so where there is a flesh, where there is spirit, the two are enemies. Whose will is going to win? Your will or God's will. And so we have to walk around and understand that there are two opposing enemies and we have to think, what are we gonna do next? Whose will is going to win? And so I was sitting down with him uh, roughly a year after his affair. And he was a pastor, a former pastor at my church and he caused a lot of damage and, uh, and he was back in the area. And we were sitting down in a Mexican restaurant a little south uh, from here. 
we're chatting and whatnot, and finally I asked him the question that you would probably ask him. Would you do it again? One, one pastor to now a former pastor who went through and made his own bed, if you will, would you do it again? And right away, he looks at me and he says, H-E double hockey sticks, no. Although he didn't say it like that. <laughs> That's the G-rated version. Heck no, I wouldn't. I thought about it for a second. I was like, man, like, I think you're full of it. Be because I, I had been around him. I, we had done ministry together. And, and to say, like, you didn't, you didn't see this coming or I wouldn't do this again, like, if I had only known what would have happened, I'm like, no, that's crap. Because you counseled so many people that had done this. You counseled marriages. You had been alongside men. You had, you had seen how this always plays out. Here's the fact. You just didn't stop to think about it for yourself. You just rushed in. I read this book recently, uh, The De Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. It's a, uh, he's like a, a philosopher. He's really wise. And, uh, and so he reads a lot, of, a lot of that type of stuff. And it's just a really good book. It's, it's nothing that goes against the Bible or anything, but it's not necessarily a Christian book. Uh, but it's just the, the power of self-control. And he's, he gives this whole chapter... A whole chapter. You know why we lack discipline in 2023? One of his points is that we simply don't stop to think. To stop and think, what will this lead to? If I do X, what does X lead to? If I do Y, what does Y lead to? So if you want to be a disciplined person, if you want to be that person that sees an old girlfriend on Facebook, as was the case for my former friend, to stop and to think, what will this lead to? What should be my next step? Our definition of freedom oftentimes does not line up with God's. Because you remember when Jesus had the, the woman caught in an affair and, and all the religious leaders brought this, brought this woman to him. And, and Jesus has that comment, like the, uh, those without sin go and throw the first stone. And he protects this woman and all the, all the religious leaders leave. And then, and then he looks at her and he says, hey, is anybody here to judge you? Oh, no, either, either do I. And then, he, and then he says, you go and you do you. That's not what he said, is it? but that's what we think of freedom. No, but what he says to her is, go and sin no more. See, we want this version of freedom where God will look at us and be like, I'll protect you. I won't judge you. You do whatever you want to do. But that isn't freedom. The just do you approach is not freedom. It's just another form of bondage. Why? Because all choices have consequences. Freedom does not negate consequences. And so you can never escape consequences. And so the you do you approach leaves you a slave to consequences. And so the reality is all of us must, must stop and think about the reality of our choices and our actions. The second point that Paul says here is that the truly free think about what to oppose. He says, now the works, works, doing, putting work and effort into something, the works of the flesh are evident. It's obvious Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, that's okay, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit 
the kingdom of God. So here's the context. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, here is the context. Sorry, thank you, Lauren. Uh, the context of this is that we can break these sins into, into th- uh, maybe three different areas. You have sexual sin. When he talks about sexual immorality, impurity, drunkenness, orgies, you have these religious sins, idolatry and witchcraft. And then you have a whole slew of social sins, bits of rage, hatred, discord, and things like that. These are three areas that are commonly given over to excess, that people do these often, that these kind of things kind of tend to define people. That they, like, okay, a, a normal person might do this once in a while, but there's this group of people that, man, like these things just seem to define them. And you know what happens when, when this defines a person? It never, it never strengthens community. It always breaks down community. And when we see a list like this, and Paul, this isn't an exhaustive list. Paul's like, like this, is, this is just the, the obvious stuff. Like, what, what Paul is, is saying is, is this is true. Of, this should not define anybody, but does it define you? Does it define me? Because when we look at a list like this, we're like, man, that's for so-and-so. That's for somebody else. It, it's never something that we're like, hey, man, we can look in this. this does this define me to look within? The problem is, is if this defines us, then, then we're not looking at ourselves as being defined by Christ. Who are you defined by? Are you defined by sin that is of excess or are you defined by Christ? It's not one or the other. It, it, it is one or the other, I should say. You and I are defined by Christ, which means if we are defined by Christ, we should be eager to avoid such things in our lives. And so uh, if you've ever thought to yourself, what is it like to be married uh, to Pastor Jason? Uh, you would have to say, well, it is like waking up one Sunday morning uh, and finding out that he took your bathroom trash can uh, and that he wasn't going to return it for two days. Uh, and so that's what happened in my house this weekend. This is literally my bathroom trash can. My, I got rid of that a while ago. Ava apparently went through some hair stuff, mint, water, I don't know, whatever that is. Uh, and so this is literally about the trash can. After church yesterday, Ava was like, couldn't you have like polished it up or something? I was like, no, the point is like, this is who we are. Like, this is us. Uh, and Lauren rolled in my literal trash can uh, that usually sits at the curb of my house. Uh, this is, I brought my van tonight because I have to bring it home. Brady's going to put it into my car tonight. And it's all sorts of stinky. Uh, this is, this is, this is my stuff. You have stuff too. You have a bathroom trash can. What, I'm supposed to make mine look pretty because yours looks pretty? Come on. Like, I'm supposed to like polish this up because yours looks so nice? Come on. We're all, we're all adults here, right? Like, we all have this stuff. In all of our lives, in all of our homes, we have a trash system. You have a trash can in your bathroom that collects things. And you know what you do? You... Remember when plastic bags were a thing? You take the plastic bag and then you bring it out to the dumpster and then this magical like green thing comes and takes it all away and it goes bye-bye and you never see it again. There is a system where you collect and then eventually you get rid of. You and I, in all of our homes, we have trash and we have a system to remove the trash. And when I think this is honestly a lot like how so many Christians live their lives of one or three ways in this, in this kind of illustration. We live our lives as if our trash 
Oh, no, we don't got no trash. I'm the only house in America that has no trash whatsoever. It's the same person that says I don't poop. We all do. <laughs> or or it's, hey, I have trash, and I'm just comfortable with it. I got trash, so what? So what? So what I got trash? And they, it just keeps piling up. It just keeps piling up. I got trash, okay. And they're just comfortable with the trash. But then there is that person, and you're, gonna, you're about to tap that person if, that, if it's the person next to you. There is that person that in, in many households that can't handle the thought of trash, and so every day they're cleaning. Every day they're bringing it out. to like They don't want anything to pile up, and if it's piling up, they're letting you know about it. Well, are you gonna let, you're not, you're, how far do you think this can go? And that, I think, is how we should be as Christians. Hey, let's acknowledge you and I all have trash in our homes. The point is not to keep it in the home. The point is to remove it. And the next day, remove some more. And the next day, remove some more. Don't let it pile up. Let's all just embrace as adults, we have trash in our homes. And it's time as Christians to continually remove the trash because we don't need it in our homes. The last thing that Paul says here is that the truly free think about what is better. But the fruit of the Spirit, something we've all maybe heard before, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. We're not focused on all, all like we're focused on the good with its passions and desires. Live, and if you, we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You and I, when we say yes to Jesus, we're given different gifts. Some of us are maybe leadership or hospitality or whatever, whatever the gift might be. But the fruit of the Spirit, that's something that should define all Christians. Every single Christian should be joyous. Every single Christian should be loving. These are things that should flow all out of all of us. You can break it up into three categories again. Attitudes towards God, attitude towards others, attitudes towards self. You can work, but you can work, as it said, with the flesh. Those are things that are in your control. He didn't say work out the fruit of the Spirit. What do you do with fruit? You can't produce fruit. You cannot go home right now and, and absolutely guarantee that you're going to produce fruit. All you can do right now is go to your home and start creating an environment conducive to fruit being produced. That's what farmers do. They can't guarantee a crop. All they can do is they learn what would be the right environment for crops to be produced, and then they hope against hope that a crop gets produced. And so you go to the Word to create that environment to produce fruit. You pray to create that environment. You do things that are without, outside of your power and your control, but you create the environment where God and the Spirit of God will move inside of you to produce that fruit. The fact that there is a battle going on in your life is proof of the Holy Spirit in your life, and the Holy Spirit wants to produce fruit in your life. So choose what is better. Walk in step with the Spirit. You can, you can go after and you can be conceited, but the better move is love. You can provoke one another, but that's not the better move. The better move is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's better. You can go after envy, but that's not the better move. The better move is faithfulness, gentleness, and, and self-control. 
And that's why Paul says against such things, there is no law. Because the person doing those things, who's going to look at them and be like, well, there is a criminal. There's a, a dirtbag. Paul's saying, no, like, like you're justified before God. Like you, have, you are in good standing with God. Now pursue these things. Live for the will. Live for the spirit of God. Let the spirit of God flow through you. And, and God's not coming after you. You and I are in right relationship with God. It's this, it is this independent relationship. This is what I'm talking about is how you and I individually pursue our relationship with God. But what Paul says here is that this impacts how we live amongst each other. Sin is never a personal thing. It's a personal decision, but it impacts all of us. The emphasis here is that when we pursue what is better, our communities get stronger. When we pursue the flesh, our communities get weaker. Because when we're pursuing the, the spirit of God, that means that you're not the center of the community. When you're pursuing the spirit of, the God, of God, that means I'm not the center of the community. When you're pursuing God's spirit, you know who is at the center of it? Jesus. And we're all better for Jesus being at the center, and so we walk in step with the spirit. How is this, how is this supposed to be used? Let's, let's, let's go back to what your mama and daddy taught you when you bought eggs. These are how these two lists are supposed to be used. So when you go and you buy eggs, what did your parents teach you to do? You open it up and you look at it. And now when it's $35 per egg, you really look at each egg. See, I brought this to the church Saturday night and Graham didn't know that it was from me that I brought it here. And he walked into the church and you know what Gramster did? He threw it away. Uh, he threw my eggs away. Yeah, $8 eggs, he threw them away. And so I picked these out of the trash and they were still perfectly good, except for this one. This one cracked. And so I wouldn't have bought this bag. I wouldn't have bought this because there was a cracked egg and that, and that would have been bad. You don't do that. And so I think that's how these lists are supposed to be used. Like you look at these lists and you, and you look at your own life and you're just like, okay, what's weak? What's cracked? How do I firm it up? What do I need to work on? None of this. These two lists are not exhaustive lists, but they are a starting point, a litmus test to look at and say, what do I need to improve upon? And know another way that you can use these lists is when there's conflict among us because we are broken human beings that God has left us a free will. And so broken human beings are sometimes going to be at odds with each other. Your home is perfect. There's never any fighting in your home, right? No, okay. But in our home too, there's sometimes a little bit of fighting. There's a little bit of chaos. You know what we should do? When there's a little bit of chaos, we should look at each other and say, hey, you're a brother in Christ. You're a sister in Christ. Let's strive to produce fruit. Let's strive to the, for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But we never talk like that because we're like, no, that's super lame. Yeah, it's a little bit of lame. Okay, it's lame. But if we did that, how much better would we be to be focused on loving each other and producing the fruit of spirit to better together? So here's what we've uh, said uh, tonight. The truly free, uh, truly love. Uh, we think about uh, the antithesis, uh, what to oppose, and we think about what is better. As I was driving in uh, yesterday and having this all in my mind, there was a thought that hit me pretty, pretty quickly. It's a privilege to have a trash can. Have you thought about that before? Because there's so many. We're doing a homeless collection right now for people. They don't have the privilege of having a trash can. They don't have a privilege of having a trash removal system because their environment isn't conducive to that. 
And as I thought about that, you and I have been adopted. You and I have a home. You and I look at Jesus. We look to Jesus as, as, as brother. <laughs> That's such a weird thing, right? We can look to God Almighty as, as Father. We have a home in Christ Jesus. And because we have a home, we have the privilege of having a trash removal system that Jesus is looking at us and saying, hey, I know you have trash. That's why I went to the cross. Let's just get rid of it. And let's just, let's just move forward together. And he's, he's not saying, oh my gosh, what is that? Oh, I can't believe I died for you. No, he understands it all. And, he, and he's like, he's good with, he's good with us focusing on removing said trash. And so when I was thinking about this, a healthy me doesn't drink this. I'm so focused this year on trying to get back to a healthy BMI and better health because every year, come December, I'm all sorts of fluffy and I don't like being fluffy. And so this year, I'm really focused on being less fluffy. I think that's how I wrote my New Year's goal. And so this year, I've been keeping under my calories. I've been doing the right thing. But the, the two days, I got stressed out at the end of the night. I started drinking Coke Zero. And the next day, I gained weight. And I started like, I, you read up on Coke Zero, and you never find a report that says this is healthy for you. There's not a report that says this is healthy for you. And so I was like, okay, I saw it on the scale. I've seen the reports. I'm like, this is not healthy for me. The healthy me, this isn't good. And so I literally throw it away because I don't need it. Like, I don't want it in my house. I don't want that temptation. What's the healthy you? Here's my challenge for you. Go home tonight and literally throw something out. Get rid of it. What, what could you get rid of tonight that future you will thank you for? And please don't pretend, like even Josh was saying with the communion, don't pretend like you don't got trash. I got trash. I just threw some of it away. And it's going to be in my car later. <laughs> what needs to be removed from your life? Maybe you're 28. Four years ago, you had a, a bong because, man, finals were stressful. You were ending college, and you just wanted to smoke some stuff to get, get the stress away. And you still got it up in that little cabinet. Why? Just in case you get stressed later. Okay. What's your relationship with Jesus worth to you? Maybe, maybe you haven't drank in four months. You're getting sober. Great. Awesome. And you got that $70 bottle of tequila hanging out in that cabinet. You don't need it anymore, but it's $70. How could you throw away a $70 bottle? That's ludicrous. Okay. What's your relationship with Jesus worth to you? Maybe, maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe you're not going to go home and physically throw something away, although I think that's probably true in all of our homes. Maybe it's like, man, every payday I go and I spend X, Y, and Z, and, and all of a sudden, you know what? You know what I should do? You know what I need to throw away? I need to block Amazon from my phone because it's just not healthy for me. What's something that you could throw away today that future you will thank you for? Why? Because we, are, we have such freedom in Christ Jesus and we get to have a trash removal system and he still loves us the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so we're gonna close with a song and there's a, there's a, there's a little part in it that talks a lot about freedom. I hope that we can belt that out and that we can look around and we can say, man, it is good to be free. And I hope that we use our freedom to pursue Christ-likeness. Let me pray and let us sing. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for time together. 
I thank you for Monday nights. Lord, I thank you that we have the privilege of having a home within you. Thank you, Father, that we get to go home and be better pursuing you. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen.